Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And today our guest is going to share about living the nomadic lifestyle. She's going to talk about where she's been, where she's going, and why she decided to go on this journey. And she's also going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly and take us behind the scenes of what it's really like, because I can't imagine that it's all beautiful mountaintops and lakes like you see in the Instagram photos online. So I'm really excited for her to dive into this and share what is actually happening behind the scenes of this quote unquote dream lifestyle that so many people want. But in her business, our guest is a transformative coach working with both individuals and organizations. And she is also a part-time digital nomad and van traveler. So please welcome to the show, Daisy Hillbrands. Daisy, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you very much. And I'm very happy to be here with you. (laughs) And yeah, as your audience couldn't see that I was really shaking my head when you were about the beautiful mountains and uh, the idyllic Instagram picture of um, how it is to have a nomadic lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear everything that you're going to share with us. But first, before we dive into the nitty gritty of the behind the scenes of van life, can you just share what you were doing before you got started in your business and why you even wanted to go on this nomadic journey in the first place? Yes, I can. So I I do have a background in in corporate life uh, as a microbiologist and have worked in uh, research for many years. And I started getting that little bit nagging feeling of uh, a nine to five job was not really me. I wanted something outside of a corporate life. so uh, I already, uh, by the end of my corporate life, I got a stationery uh, in Germany. I'm original from Denmark. So I moved to Berlin in Germany. So I also got a little bit of that one of changing where you're coming from and moving around. So that just got me even more hooked in having the possibility of doing that. Um, so when the headquarter wanted me back to Denmark, I was a little bit like, nah don't really want to do this <laughs> anymore. So I decided to leave corporate life at that point. Um, and my idea when I decided, okay, now it's going to be, I'm going to form my working life as I wanted was I'm going to study uh, data science. 
and that's oh, that's like, totally different yeah like where you introduced me that is not where I ended at all but yeah having a scientific background I already knew a little bit of coding uh, and I liked it so it was I know you can with working with data science you can get freelance position you can work uh, around and move around with your job so it it seems like the ideal solution for me and three months into the course I found out this was not me at all <laughs> okay at least you tested it out to see if it was something that you yeah could yes uh and then by coincidence I stumbled over uh, a coach uh because one of my friends was taking a coach training and they had like uh, what do you say voluntarily coming into the class to be coach uh so they could see how each other was was coaching uh, and he was like okay you are not doing anything you come here and sit and be coach <laughs> and I was like yeah okay why not uh and the classroom experience there was not that amazing or anything but afterward I got a call from one of the teacher uh of this uh, coaching school and she asked if she could ask me a couple of questions I said, yes of course and then in 15 minutes she narrowed down what I really wanted to do with my life wow that's great and what did she come to the conclusion of that I wanted to have freedom in my life. I wanted to be independent and I wanted to have freedom. Um, I didn't want to go to university and get a second degree to again be locked into some kind of position I thought would give me a certain amount of freedom, but not the freedom I really wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So the I feel decision... like that's the story that so many other people have as well. So yeah, Definitely, you're not alone. Yes. No. So the decision after talking to her was, okay, I'm going to pause for half a year, find out what I want to do with my life. But yeah, in that half of a year, I can take a coaching training because I want to know how she did that. Uh, and then I can yeah, figure how she out, figured what I out where you were to get you to where you yeah. want to be in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Th- that thing we all want to know when we are sitting and thinking what the are we doing with us our life right now mm-hmm. yeah um, absolutely so did you yeah, take a so, life coach certification training I took at a, I took a certification as a transformative coach uh and one week into the course I was like okay this is what I want to do with my life so that's amazing and I found when was that, when was that how long ago was that uh that is uh three years ago okay wow well that's great I'm so glad that you were able to to figure that out because so many people are still struggling to figure out what they want to do with their life. And all it took you was about a month, (laughs) right? Yes. (laughs) That's that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. And some nagging in my old job for around, to be honest, five to seven years where I was not totally satisfied with what I was doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So remind me, were you still in your job when you became a coach or you had left and then you pursued this, right? I have left. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so now I want to know, did you start your nomadic lifestyle when you became a coach or did it start prior to that? Uh, it is not pr- uh, prior to that. In, in fact, I did take my whole coach training uh, as a digital nomad. Oh, really? So it became became a little bit of a, a joke uh, at my school. Uh, I took it in a Danish school uh, because, yeah, I am original Danish. I have had English as working language for many years, but learning new techniques and the fine 
tune of how different methods works. I wanted to have it in Danish to be totally sure that I got everything out of it as I could. Um, so it became a little bit the joke every time we locked on, where is Daisy now? Because it was a new background every time they saw me. Yeah, I bet. that was the first question that I asked you when we got out. I said, where are you in the world right now? Yes. <laughs> and where are you if you want to share with everybody? Yeah, right now I am in, in Berlin, in Germany, and that is a little bit the base. Uh, so it is from here I do travel from uh, for a longer period of time, but this is the base. And do you typically only travel in Europe or where all around the world? Where do you go? Uh, if it is with the van, it is in Europe because there is also a cat wit. There's so a what the there's a cat with when we travel in, in the van. So the cat comes along. Oh, oh the cat comes with. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that is just easier to do within in Europe of moving her across borders also. I'm sure. So is it just you and the cat or do you have a partner that comes with you? I also have my partner with me. So me, my partner and a cat and a small uh, Volkswagen bus. It's nothing fancy, RV-like or anything. It is really small there is no bath there is no toilet and there is uh like a scout's kitchen in it okay so i i need i have so many questions all right so <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you live your life in a <laughs> is my very very broad first question so well let yes. me let's take it back first what when you first decided that you wanted to live this nomadic lifestyle, did you start out with the van that you're currently in or did you have um, another van that you used prior to that? We started out with the van we are currently in. Okay, great. And so, it's been how many years? Three years? Three years now, yes. Okay. And and, and we are talking about we perhaps need a little a little bit upscaling size message. <laughs> it is yeah, on so the discussion board. <laughs> So you, you obviously explain the setup a little bit more for those who aren't familiar. So you obviously have a bed yeah. in there. You have a bed and yes. you said you have a very small kitchen. What's, what's in that kitchen specifically? Uh, like a, a primus. So like a guest plus or where you can just cook very simple things on. Okay. Heat and water for the coffee and tea, warmer soup, fry some eggs, but nothing more advanced than that. Okay. And I'm assuming it's a van that you drive, so you don't have to take another car yes. with you, right? You don't pull exactly, it. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'm just most intrigued by the shower and bathroom situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit of a thing. Of, uh, it is what most people ask about. But <laughs> uh, you said the shower is quite e easily. Most camping sites, uh, we don't stay on camping sites because we also travel with a cat. And on most camping sites, there are dogs. So it's, uh, and we like to stay in nature. It is a little bit wild. We also have a small van. It is so we can be in nature. Um, but most camping sites allow you for a couple of euros to take a shower. So oh, okay, that part is, in fact, quite easily fixed uh I will admit we probably smell a little bit sometimes but it's just the two of us in the van <laughs> right you're like uh, you just deal with me it's it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah and uh what do you gonna say for for toilet that is back in nature yeah okay interesting I'm yeah I, so that, that's is not, a... that is not something I could do. I mean I have done it in the past when I've had to but yeah oh, good for you that's amazing <laughs> 
And I, I will also admit it is one of the things where, where I have said when we do upscale, I would like there is a toilet in it. Uh, and I'm it's also a, a little bit of, yeah, uh, I don't mind that much uh, in nature, but it's also a little bit of being being a woman. I like it is a little bit of a protected space where I can go over and make sh- be sure of no one can see me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're working in your business, obviously there's not Wi-Fi everywhere. And so I actually have two questions. Electrical. Yes. I know that you would have electrical hookups at a campground, but how does that work if you're out in nature and then the Wi-Fi situation? How does that work? Uh, I I will say the most of the places in Europe, there is Wi-Fi. So that is, it is, uh, what do you say, uh, functional. And what I do, I, I do know in advance when I go on, on the road. Uh, so those clients I have for my coaching, I'm putting them together. So I do that. I coach, for example, one full day and late in the evening and then the next day. So I know, for example, if I do that on, on Wednesday and first uh, Thursday, I know Tuesday I need to find a place where we can park, where it would be undisturbed where the Wi-Fi is good um, and and where we can stay for three days. So I, I plan my calendar already for when we go on the road that my setup is for me to be on the road. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So does your partner work as well? Yes. Okay. So it's the same setup for both of you. It's the same setup for both of us. Uh, it is a little bit sometimes uh, depending on also if, what do you say, when I have coaching, when you do have coaching, this is a confidential space. I need to have the confidential space. So that also needs means that he can't be around. <laughs> right, just kick him out of the van. Just say yeah. you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, or I go out of the van and find some, some place in nature where there is quiet and I know there will not come someone with their dog or things like that. Uh, so it is a little bit of finding the balance also when he has called, for example, because then I can't have a coaching, of course. Um, so we need to to schedule around each other. Um, and for what you say, the more computer heavy stuff uh, there, we we book at the, uh, once a week a day on a co-working space just okay. to sit down, properly have a proper scream, have some quietness to to concentrate on work. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Are there a lot of co-working yeah. spaces? Yes. Europe? Oh, okay, yes, perfect. there are. Perfect. Yeah. So I have a couple of other questions for you. So first, mm. I would love to know. Well, the first, what unpredictable unpredictable obstacles have come up when you've been in your nomadic lifestyle so is there yeah. are there one or two stories that you can share that like really pop out to you I see you laughing right now I'm sure that that's yeah. pretty funny yeah so if anyone ever think about going to the UK as soon as you are one meter out of any city border you have no network whatsoever really and why that- is that I have no idea. Uh, we all always do that when we, we, we are in a country, we buy a local SIM card and then we have our own little portable router. So we are normally quite good covered. Uh, but the UK, the cover was so lousy. And we also, we talk to other people. Or of course, when we travel around, you meet people at pubs and things like that. 
And it is apparently a thing in the UK that the, the network connection, as soon as you are out of the cities, are just terrible. And mm. that was a really a surprise. And it also, it does, it, it did cost, cost a couple of times a little bit out of a stress moment of, of knowing, hey, I need to get network. I have clients tomorrow. If I go into a city, it's hard to find this quiet space I need to have. Uh, but yeah, we did manage. It was just, uh, I think also it was stressful because it took us by surprise. We hadn't imagined it at all that it was like that in the UK. Yeah, I could not imagine that either. But at least if that does happen, when you go somewhere else, you know what to do, right? You have a backup plan. Yeah. Now, so that's good. That's good. Definitely. Um, also so yeah. interesting. Sorry, go ahead. What what else were you going to share? Yeah, also like I said I do like uh to to sleep in nature. Uh and one where we were in France and we have parked uh, at the vineyard and they are they're normally perfectly okay with you parking in the vineyard and we could hear the farmer goes uh starting working on the wines so and fine and then we open and then he sits in a fully covered suit with mask and everything and spraying two meters from us oh my gosh <laughs> so so we packed very fast down and just drove away because it was little okay if you are so protected when you are spraying this we're not gonna be close to you oh my gosh and also yeah i wouldn't want to eat what he was spraying <laughs> so Oh, yeah, nice. it was in start of the season, so it's probably wash up uh, when it comes to when the grapes are, are ready and things like that. But yeah, it was just like, okay, I don't want to know what you are doing right now. We just got to move ourselves. Right. You just hop in and go away as fast yeah. as you can. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> so when we see, well, actually, I have another question first. Mm-hmm. Where, can you pick one of your favorite places that you've been to? That may be oh, a hard question. Yeah, that is a very hard question. It's I, I think it's always hard to uh, to pick a, fa- a favorite things. Uh, I do, uh, and this is is what you can say. Uh, it's not a particular place we have managed to find them different, both in Spain and in France and in the UK and also in Denmark. But when you wake up in the morning and it's just you and nature. So you sit there next to the van, the cat is uh, twirling around, you just hear the birds and it feels like you are alone in the world and everything is just beautiful. That is so true. I, I've i experienced that a couple of times when I've been out with my family, um, either camping or staying in a cabin somewhere, something like that. Mm-hmm. And even just in my backyard, even though that's it's not the same. It's definitely not <laughs> the same as being out in the middle of nature, but that is such a calming feeling, right? It's like, yeah, it is. You feel like you're on top of the world, right? You feel like yes. nothing, nothing can ever bother you again, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, such and a it, great feeling. Yeah, and it that is also one of the things I like about the nomadic life is we can choose to stay there. That's true. Because yeah. we don't make that many scheduled plans. We don't have like a fixed route we have to take. We normally have, like like I said, I do have my coaching and my, my partner does also have his business meeting, but we put those together. So quite often we are quite freely in how we move around. And mm-hmm. that is just amazing. That was going to be my next question. Do you have like a set schedule that you go to like every couple of months or how do you decide 
where you're going to go and when you're going to go? Do you just kind of throw a, throw something <laughs> on the map and say, all right, that's what we're going to this week? No, uh, what do you say for the, for the longer trips, they, they are normally from, uh, what do you say, from, from January to around April, May, um, also getting out of the winter in Berlin, which is really cold and yeah, just dark and I, not a place to be. <laughs> um, and I'm then in Chicago, so I understand it's the exact same. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And then we go south um, because, yeah, we do go to the light and we go, go to warmer uh, temperatures. But how far south we go and in what direction uh, this uh, we're talking about this year that we're going to go to the um, uh, Canadian islands. So Lanzarote, Tenerife, uh, and I'll jump around those islands because we can from Spain get a ferry to there. Uh, uh, also because they nature-wise should be so different each island from each other. So that would be a place where we really could spend some time. Oh, that's so cool. So interesting. Do you ever, this is probably going to be a silly question, but have you ever gotten somewhere and realized that you couldn't stay in your van? Like if it was storming really bad and you had to check into a hotel or something, has that ever happened to you? No, we, we have had where, what do you say, that we have had to, to leave a place because there has been no camping, for example, uh, that we then have, have had to find another place to stay for the night. But that is the most we have experienced. Uh, okay. We have sometimes checked into a hotel if we just wanted to have a little bit of luxury for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Nature is great, but there's something just about being in a building <laughs> for yes. once in a while too. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and we have sometimes that we have experienced, like I said, we, we do travel with a cat. Um, so if we want to go and see see a city, and especially if we are places where it's warmer, we need to find an underground parking uh, garage to get the van out of the sun so it uh, doesn't get too warm while he stays in the van, because he stays in the van while we walk around the city. Oh, that's and true. There we, yeah, there we have a, had had a couple of times where we just have to say, okay, there is no available underground parking, we're going to leave. We're not going to make a stay over. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about that, which leads me to my next question. What are some things that you didn't think about when you started? Like, what, what were some surprises that you had? Yeah, but uh, I don't think I had really uh, made a picture of how it should be. So it was really just go with the flow and see what happens. Um, and did that serve you well? Yes, very well. Uh, because yeah, I don't really like, like I, like you can see, I'm really trying to find something who who surprised me uh, in a in a non pleasant way, and I, I can't can't really f find it. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's great. I can so be if, surprised of how, how many mosquitoes there can be on one spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet, especially after it rains or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, if somebody was interested in getting started on this nomadic lifestyle that you've been on mm -hmm. for all of these years, what would you tell them? What What are a couple of pieces of advice that you could share? Uh, first of all, I, I will tell them, find out what 
what kind of nomadic lifestyle is it you want to have? Because living in a van and moving around all the time isn't for everybody. There's also people who do uh, jumps from air to Airbnb to Airbnbs, people that, that do it by uh, work away where they work uh, for, for a farmer for some of the day and then live and get food free, free or do house sitting and things like that. So find out what is it you want to do. What, what type of nomadic lifestyle do you want to have? I will say that is the most important uh, part. And also expect, um, of course, depending on what your setup is and how, how you do it, expect to spend more money than you think you will. Uh, for example, we have a very minimum kitchen, which also means we go out and eat more than we, for example, do as when we are in our home base. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we can also do that because we don't use any money at all besides gas on, on where we stay. Right. I'm sure a lot of the places that you stay are free, unless you go to a campground, of course, then you have to yeah. pay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have ever paid for camping. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I don't know if you can get away with that in the States. I don't know. <laughs> That's But great. you say some of the places we have been, you you can probably also not totally get away with it. Uh, but it also depends on how relaxed people are regarding it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, it looks like a it looks like a transporter. It doesn't it's not a big RV or anything. And, and we're not the type to put up a lot of uh, tables and chairs and make ourselves a home. We use what is there and we leave nothing behind. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's just the two of you. So you don't have a bunch yeah. of kids running around or dogs running around either. So yes. that makes things a lot easier as well. Yeah. Well, this has been so eye-opening for me to hear this this different type of lifestyle that you lead. And I personally know that this is not the type of lifestyle for me. I could not do that, but yeah. I, I love that you were able to not only figure out what you wanted to do in your life by becoming a transformative coach, but also use this desire to travel and live this nomadic lifestyle alongside your coaching business. So I mm. think that's amazing. And if somebody wanted to connect with you to learn more about you, your nomadic lifestyle or coaching, where's the best place for them to do that? That is to go to my website. So that is hillpans.coach. And there is all the way you can co connect with me. LinkedIn, Facebook. You can also uh, just send me an email. Perfect. That makes it easy. So we will that link makes to it all of very easy. Yeah, yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes as well, just yeah, just in case. So thank you again for being here, Daisy. It was so much fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, and and just as um uh, a little side uh, end note, like you said, if someone wants to have uh, uh, this nomadic life, of course, it also depends on what you're working with. But I had quite a lot saying, hey, being an online coach and only work with that will never work. So also go with your guts, because if this is what you believe in, you will make it work. That's true. That's very, very true. That's a great piece of advice as well. Yes. Great. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.